And so I'd like to start a little bit of a discussion around the international context of the Swazi liberation movement. Uh, something that we have discussed and you have made mention of is uh, the role in resisting uh, Israel's investments and weapon support in Swaziland. Um, but one of the largest sources of investment uh, of imperialism and of weapons in Swaziland has been historically Taiwan. And I'd like to discuss this a little bit more about the on-the-ground situation, but first just to give people listening a little bit of the statistics behind uh, what exactly Taiwan has been doing in Swaziland. So in total, there has been uh, an investment of around $4 billion dollars uh, in total by Taiwan in Swaziland, uh, by 20 different companies who invest primarily in the textile industry, uh, have been running factories and garment workers who they employ for very low wages uh, to work as cheap labor. Um, their Swaziland News, a news outlet that writes primarily on, on the struggle, has called uh, Swaziland a country colonized by Taiwan. Um, and these different yeah, there are about 25 different factories that the Taiwanese run uh, within Swaziland. At various times, it's been an employment of around uh, 15,000 to 25,000 individuals. Um, and they use this cheap labor, obviously, to produce uh, massive revenues for Taiwanese companies. And uh, another last statistic that I find very interesting is that 95% of the foreign direct investment in the garment industry uh, in Swaziland has come from Taiwan and Taiwanese companies. And this is all to discuss in the context of a very recent visit that the king of Swaziland made to Taiwan on October 25th. King Smati went to Taiwan. He met with uh, the president, Tsai Ing-wen, and they had a discussion. He reaffirmed his support. And this is, uh, for context, the last country in Africa that has a recognition of Taiwan. All, all other countries have recognized China at this point, but he pledged his support uh, for Taiwan and they continued to discuss bilateral cooperation and made some uh, signing of letters uh, for cooperation between the aerospace and technology industry with Taiwan, of course, the military industrial complex in Taiwan uh, and the commerce industry in, in Swaziland. And that's to say that Taiwan also plays a huge role in sending uh, military armaments. Uh, they've sent two helicopters that have been used by Mswati's armed forces. So I'd like to discuss a little bit with you as the international secretary, the role of Taiwanese imperialism in Swaziland, how it's affected the struggle, how Taiwan has become uh, Swaziland and King Mswati's number one supporter, and what the situation on the ground is with garment workers who are resisting their exploitation in, in uh, textile factories owned by Taiwanese companies. Yes, thank you so much. Um, Swaziland has been, of course, uh, had, has had relations with Taiwan for many years. Um, and But over, over the, these years, over the past couple of years, they have uh, relied a great deal on Taiwan uh in in this in national security um but also in businesses and if you look at the relationship as well you you'd see that Mswati, even in the united nations general assembly this year he argued strongly for the recognition of taiwan 
in the United Nations. Now, the role that Mtswati plays in that regard is such that um, he is doing the bidding for Taiwan, but also Taiwan is being used by the USA to destabilize China. Right. And this is the colonial and the imperialist approach that is taking place in Swaziland, that through Swaziland, uh, support can be solicited for Taiwan in order for, for China to be destabilized. And today, Swaziland is the only country in Africa that still has, has such relations with Taiwan. And of course, in turn, um, Taiwan pumps more support, even in the health sector, to, to rescue the regime because the health sector in Swaziland is beyond uh, it's beyond broken now. So Taiwan also had this for helps to keep the regime going now. Without Taiwan's support, it would be difficult for them for the regime to to keep going. So they need that support, and of course Taiwan also need this ally in their fight in in their fights uh, with with China. And of course, to be recognized. So it's more colonial, as you put it there. It, it's very it's a colonial relationship that is happening. And all this happens without even the consideration of the people of Southern themselves. They are nothing but objects in this sense, objects of exploitation. With the textile sector, uh, for example where Taiwan benefits greatly. The textile sector is uh, gets um, benefits under ACOA, which is an American uh, institution, uh, the act, which allows companies from Af some African states to trade uh, duty-free with the USA, the Africa, African Growth and Opportunity Act. So through that, these companies are able to sell their products to the USA and make hefty profits. But whose profits are they making? They are not for Swaziland. They are not for the Swazi people. They are for the Taiwanese companies. So this money goes to Taiwan to strengthen Taiwan economically. In that regard, these companies also give some donations to the royal family and, and uh, its government stooges in order for that relationship to keep going. So the only role that they see the people of Southland and the land is one of exploitation. So they exploit the people and it is where the, some of the worst exploitation exists in the textile industry in Swaziland. And, and of course, most of the workers in the textile sector are women. And when women, women are basically in the capitalist system, in the capitalist mode of production, they are the worst exploited generally. But in the textile sector in Swaziland, it is even worse. So you find that, for instance, um, this 
because these companies they don't really answer to uh, as would normally happen in in countries that they would be answering to answerable to the labor laws of those countries so they are not they are not answerable or accountable to anybody because of their connection with the monarchy and their connection with taiwan which is a supporter of of the monarchy so you find women unable to take uh, uh, leave such as maternity leave and so many women have been uh, have been fired just because they dared to go to, to maternity leave so there is so much of this exploitation and uh, flagrant abuse of women in the, that textile sector so which needs us to work more to expose but also to uh, empower the workers uh, in the textile industry to to fight against that exploitation and very very low wages indeed thanks so much comrade and, and how do you think that the ongoing uh evolving policy of the people's republic of china uh, towards taiwan as a as a province that there is a sort of impending reunification uh, how do you think that especially the tensions between uh, as you mentioned the united states escalating those tensions um and using taiwan as as a military base uh, to destabilize china how do you think those affect the situation in swaziland as uh, the economist argued that taiwan is uh king of swati's number one ally uh, number one supporting state that is providing uh, the funds to prop up the regime. There was also a, a boost in funding, as you mentioned, after uh, the people's uprising and, and revolution last year in 2021, that Taiwan pledged $22 million to help the regime repair uh, the businesses that were burned down uh, during the struggle. So again, it's helping kind of continue this economic engine but as it's continued to be destabilized, uh, it's clear that the businesses that help Mswati continue, uh, his capital accumulation could be in peril as well. So yeah, what, what does the CPS see as the kind of evolving geopolitical situation with Taiwan? Yeah, well, um, because Taiwan should actually be, by now it should have long been a part of China in terms of uh, practical political uh, uh, recognition. Um, otherwise, of course, in terms of the United Nations, uh, uh, they are already part of China, but it's it's the USA that has kept them afloat all these years. And that affects our struggle in, in many ways indeed, because you see that even in the pledges to rebuild from the uprising of uh, June and, June and July 2021. Those companies that they, they have helped to rebuild are those linked with um, Swati and the, 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 the royal family, basically. So it is not really about being about businesses in Swaziland, whether it's private and, and it's not been about that. So it's about maintaining the system as it is. And for Taiwan, um, unlike some countries who who are double-faced in the situation, you find that they are clear about maintaining the system as it is. 
some of the countries are conflicted. Of course, while on the one hand, we have the European Union and the USA, which are also uh, major players in the economy, Swaziland. On the one hand, you find that having an absolute monarchy and them supporting it is, is a serious embarrassment to them. So they would push their rhetoric that they would like Swaziland to move towards democratization and respect for human rights. But we know for a fact that with the imperialist relationship that is enjoyed between the two countries or the three entities, which is USA and Swaziland, USA, um, Swaziland and uh, the EU, whatever democracy that would come out, they want it to be a democracy they can control. So in other words, they still want to make, they will still want to maintain the political and economic relations that they have today. But what has been happening is that in as we have been waiting the struggle, the consciousness of the people has been growing. So more and more people now in Swaziland, they see the need to wage not just democratic struggles, but also struggles to a struggle to ensure that we have a truly sovereign independent country that will be free from the clutches of imperialism. That's what scares uh, the likes of USA government and the European Union, because the people are getting more and more aware of the fact that um, Swaziland has been created as nothing but a puppet of imperialism. And the people do not want to continue to live as puppets in their own country with their policies drawn from somewhere in in London or Washington or, or whatever the place in, in Taiwan and so on. So the people no longer want that. The more and more that working class education that uh, we have been running over time, people now can see that if we want to fight for democracy, we must we must at one in the same at the same time fight against imperialism. That this struggle against imperialism is connected with our struggle for democracy, and our struggle for democracy is connected with the struggle against imperialism. So that has been the major one of the major advancements on this part. But of course, we know that the the regime is not going to give in willingly. It, it's still going to get more support from from Taiwan and uh, and uh, Taiwan has been a bit more aggressive uh, this year and the last year in terms of support for the system so we do expect that and which is why we also call for more international solidarity with the struggle now of the people we need more and more practical solidarity because it will be impossible to fight all these big forces um, if we do not at one the same time mobilize the people of the world, the justice people, the justice, the justice loving people of the world to be on the side of the people of Swaziland to isolate Mswati. Mswati is a huge, now uh, it's got two private uh, planes, uh, airplanes. One of them is very, is very big. So we are saying that 
that plane should not be able to find space to land on or to fly over anywhere in the world. So the more and more we squeeze the space internationally for Mswat and his family together with his stooges, the more and more we are going to be able to get closer to democracy. So he must not find space, even, even if he is, he is now left with one uh, country like Taiwan as, as a friend, he should not be able to, for instance, fly over South Africa, fly over Mozambique, or fly over whatever country he was, whatever the route that they use and, and the space and so on. So more international solidarity is urgently needed uh, for the people of Scotland to fight the struggle. Absolutely, comrade. And, and thanks so much for that. And, and that can be sort of uh, our last point on the subject is how in the context of imperialism we can create as you know we've been discussing Taiwan is able to take all of its profits that it produces in uh, the sweatshops that it runs in Swaziland out of the country bring them back to Taiwan it's a very clear act of imperialism none of these profits go back to the people who work there uh, and so the Swazi workers are some of the most exploited uh, in the world under this regime of labor uh, and extraction and exploitation conducted by Taiwan, by the United States, the European Union, uh, and the the monarchy. And how can we develop internationalism? Uh, as the international secretary of the party, uh, this is a question that I'm really fascinated by, is how can we foster that international spirit to have people act in solidarity uh, with the Swazi struggle, which means necessarily understanding how imperialism is working uh, how Taiwan is acting as a sub-imperial vessel of the United States. Um, what kind of solidarity actions can people take to be in support of the Swazi struggle? Yeah, as the communist part of Swaziland, we we have noted and we 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 note the the complexities that come uh, from state to states uh, politics. Um, the reluctance of governments uh, in particular to take a stand when the question of human rights is concerned in Swaziland, but also anywhere else. Although, again, we also see that there's a great deal of hypocrisy in that regard, because uh, with Swaziland, it's the worst institution we can have, an absolute monarchy in the 21st century. We would expect that governments across the world would take a clear stand and to stand with the people. But of course, what we have done, in we're doing in, in terms of mobilizing international solidarity, we are insisting on building grassroots-based solidarity movements across the world. So what we want to see is to see the people themselves in, in the various communities across the world uh, standing up and taking the position of the people of Swaziland irrespective of where their governments stand. Because the governments may decide to, to take some neutral stand, in which case they are with the oppressor or be openly in support of the, 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 the regime. 
this, of course, also it manifests itself in the leadership in the Southern African development community in Sadak, that despite the killings that have happened, particularly from 29 June, although of course so many killings that already happened even before that, but despite the, the many killings that happened, the massacre that happened in one day, the leadership in the African continent remains indifferent to the issues as they happen. They pretend that they cannot see them. And this is the, the reason why we, we, we try as best as possible to, to mobilize the people at grassroots level. And this movement has been going. And of course, and you, you see now the great work that has been done by um, the Friends of Swazi Freedom uh, to mobilize people in the international community to, to be with the people of Southern. And indeed, there's been many fruits of that. So we need to, to build the Friends of Swazi Freedom to across the continents, um, including with the those who are, because there are so many people working in Taiwan and are studying there. And we have so many of them, uh, working and studying in Taiwan, of course, in China and other Christ countries across Europe, the USA, Canada, and so on. So, in terms of connecting with this, the international trade union movement uh, is a very important pillar in terms of solidarity. So once we have an internet, the, the international trade union movement, uh, it will be important that they connect with the struggles of Swaziland to give whatever they can in terms of solidarity. And when it comes to solidarity, it's in many ways. Uh, as long as comrades are able to give what they can because solidarity is an act of love you do it willingly so we need as if 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 for instance the trade union movement uh, is on board it is it will be possible to um sort of run campaigns uh, whether in the various ports so that uh, workers do not even touch uh, goods that are going to Swaziland especially those linked with companies belonging to the monarchy. And that way, economically, we'd be able to suppress the oppressor and be able to empower the workers uh, of, of uh, Swaziland, but of course, across the world. So international solidarity is very much urgent and necessary in this regard. And the Communist Party would really be willing to go through each and every space and to whatever length to ensure that we build a strong international mass-based solidarity movement. Absolutely, and I completely agree with what you said about uh, the Friends of Swazi Freedom. They're an excellent organization, uh, and I encourage people to join and contribute however they can. Uh, thank you so much, comrade. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and, and get an update from the struggle uh, and hear the very encouraging words uh, of international solidarity, which we all need to have with 
the Swazi liberation struggle and the Communist Party of Swaziland. So I greatly appreciate it. Um, solidarity, comrade, and uh, continue the struggle. Thank you so much, comrade. And uh, we also appreciate the inputs from all other comrades, the solidarity we are getting from all other comrades across the world with our struggle. We request that they continue spreading out the word so that the story of the people of Southern does not die. Absolutely. Thanks so much, comrade. And stay safe. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.